How's it going? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks uh, for being on the show. Yeah, man, my pleasure. <laughs> Do you, uh, I thought we'd start by, um, I was just telling my friends, I'm here in LA and I'm, I'm in an Airbnb and I was just telling the people that I'm living with, my friends, that uh, we met each other in like 99. Do you remember uh, us meeting at, uh, it was in Arizona. I don't remember the venue name, but it was in the round. I remember that much. Um, yeah, I think it was, I believe it was Celebrity Theater. Yep, that's right, Celebrity Theater. And I, yeah. I was, it was the one time that I, uh, it was very early in our career. And I've seen you, I've seen you play several times throughout 20 years on festivals and stuff, but never had a chance to really uh, sit back and talk to you from this amazing journey I've been on and the amazing journey you've been on. So, but uh, that's such a long time ago. And you gave me, I was telling my friends, you gave me a, I don't know if you remember, but you gave me a little gift. You gave me a, you gave me, um, it was a little, little piece of wood with a religious emblem on it. And uh, all right, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time thinking, I still have it, and I have it in a very special place where I keep all things that are special. But that was uh, one of the That's very, cool, man. yeah, it was one of the very first gifts I'd ever gotten from, well, you know, sort of a mentor and someone you know that I looked up to and had listened to for a long time. So that was a pretty amazing moment in my life. Uh, uh, just meeting you, not knowing you, and you know you approaching me, and then giving me a small gift for good luck or insight or whatever it was. But I still have it. I think about it all the time. I see it quite frequently, actually. You know, you, you, so, you don't have it with you right now, right? I don't have it with me right now, only because I'm in LA and I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I have it with a bunch of other stuff from like my grandma and just my mom and dad. Just you know, good hey. luck stuff. I just think that's cool, man, that, that when you give some something kind of personal, I think it means a lot to, to the person giving and to the person receiving for, for both, you know, because I, I remember one time um, when Ozzy gave me a crucifix, you know, when Dana died, you know, um, so they, they, he gave me a, you know, and I always was it was like wow if i tell you know the teenage max that ozzy is going to give you a, a you know a crucifix that game over you know you don't even want to think about it it's, it so i kind of like i you know i i, I kind of inspired by that type thing and i gotta say that day i always remember i compared that day to have you ever watched the movie amadeus yes the Mozart yes. movie Love it, love it. Right. So, so when Moser is going out and he's hanging out with his with his friends, and he goes out to see one of his friends' composers, and he's in a balcony drinking and loving the show, you know, that's that what my for me felt like that day. I always go back to that movie because I had the perfect day. I was like, I recorded early with Corey. We did jump the fuck up. And then I went to your show and you guys just rip it, you know? And I was like, yes, this is, it couldn't be more of a perfect day, man. This is so cool. Like I done recording early. I'm here now. I don't have to perform. I just watching and headbanging and having a great time, 
you guys put out always a great fucking show and it for some reason it it, it always remind me of, of Amadeus of the movie it's a, it like has a really deep connection with that it was it was a, I was telling my friends that you know that was the first time that we played in the round ever and I can remember I can remember coming out and and having to jump back into the hallway that led you in I had to jump back in there because there was just this energy I had never experienced in my life. Yeah. People, people behind us, like just, I remember I had to get out for a second and ask myself, what is going on with this place? This circular uh, one motion of energy was so on. And of course you were there with all of your family. And yeah. that, that was, you know, I'm a family man. So, you know, for me, for me, it's always amazing when my peers and just mentors and the artists that I love have family around. Because I think fans, you know, fans can mix things up about what we do. You know, sometimes there's just this idea of what they think rock stars are or bands. And, you know, I like to talk about the sacrifice uh, that we, if you're a family man, you know, the sacrifice is is tremendous. Uh, I always, I have a difficult time. I myself, you know, we lost a child as well. And um, you can't help but constantly think about the times that you were going for your dream, but leaving the most important people at home who support you for the dream. Uh, it's a very difficult passageway for anybody who's married and has children and wants to go live their dream in the rock and roll game. Uh, you know, God, God music to us. So I, I remember that day really well, because I remember after showering real quick and that you were in the back with your entire family. Yeah. And it, it was so like, you know, it was beautiful for me because, you know, that's, I need that around more. I need people that are, that are married, that have kids. I need to be able to, talk to these people about family instead of <clears throat> the other side, which is fine too, which is, you know, living life and, you know, burning and, you know, just living the experience. So there's those two things. So I remember that I was, I watched for a while. I watched you and your family from afar and I just watched your family take over and I watched how comfortable they were and just how cool everybody was with everyone. And I was like, man, if I make it in this business, I'm going to make sure that in 20 years, you know, I will be with my family and my family will be invited into this world and they will be able to walk around with no eyes. You know, people will accept them and understand that it can be that way in rock and roll. So that's, yeah. one, of the, <clears throat> that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because you and I have a lot and I, I, uh, I didn't learn it from you, but I saw it, right? You know, I, I was like, thank thank God that there's musicians that I look up to that have family. Inspirational, right? Inspirational. Well, one of the things I did, I remember right when my when Zion was born, because Zion's heartbeat opened chaos AD, you know, like I recorded in, in the hospital with like nurses screaming at me. And I was like, I don't give a fuck, lady. I'm this is going on a fucking record. I gotta record this right now, you know. So I have the microphone, the headphones, it's like the back machine <laughs> back in the in the dad's days. And one of the decisions I made 
was like, I'm not going to hide my family side from my fan. I'm going to expose. I'm going to tell the world that you can be a metalhead, you have a family, and you're still as gnarly as ever, you know? So that was kind of like a decision that I made. So um, we always took our kids on tours, man. There's like funny stories. Like there's a, there's a great one, and we're playing with Ministry, and the Chili Peppers are backstage and hanging out. And I guess uh, Anthony must thought that my family was from Brazil. Um, so he started to speak with, with my stepson, which I think he was like seven, eight years old at that time, and tried to speak a little Spanish with him. And my stepson just punched him in the balls. <laughs> it was like hilarious. And I'm watching this thing. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Anthony. Oh, oh I don't know what happened. You know, I have to apologize for the for the behavior of the kid. You know, it's like, but I, I man, I love it. Like, you know, I remember playing like a couple of years ago with Black Sabbath, and my son is with me playing drums, and and he walked came to me like he's pale, he's like totally white. I was like, what happened, dude? I just crossed eyes with Jimmy Page, you know, because Jimmy Page was hanging out. It was like, oh, kill? Did you get an autograph? Nah, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to bug him. I'm like, good kid good you know you got good manners yeah <laughs> but yeah uh, I, love, I love the family side man it's cool i tried to when we got signed there were so many of us that um i'm i'm sure that a lot of people took a position of trying to get us to shave off some monetary aspects you know there's just so many guys in the band and we were nobody so i would hear a lot of talk about family and People would ask me, you know, people would say to me all the time, like, how are you going to make it out on the road? And I'd be like, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, all the girls and stuff. I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't even know who I am. You don't even know yeah. what I'm about. And you already are jumping to that. So it always, it always really bothered me too, you know? And then <clears throat> we finally went to London for the first time and we did a cover for Metal Hammer and Chris and I, uh, for whatever reason, we had the American flag draped over us and Chris and I got the cover for the metal hammer and I made sure that I had my ring, same ring here. I put it way up front in the camera because I did the same thing. I wanted kids to know like, hey, you know, you can be in rock and roll yeah, and 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 be married, have kids and live this life, you know? And I always wondered why so many people thought that that couldn't be and 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 honestly it now, hurt their career so they hide it you know they're like this being a family is gonna hurt my career i better hide that side you know i i gotta be gnarly all the time you know it's like yeah you can be in fact i think it's inspirational for all the dads out there metalhead dads like yeah man you know yeah why not i mean that's that's our life that's what we chose so i've always majorly majorly respected you um, just for, you know, we'll leave it at just family. And uh, just to, you know, I don't have any, I never try to go anywhere too weird with this show because it's just not my thing, but I'll just say, man, it's so nice. I, I, I mean, it's been a while now, but uh, it's really nice that you and your brother are, you know, together and uh, doing things again and stuff like that. Cause you know, you know, as fans, you know, you look back and you hope, you know, you just hope that family blood will always be blood, you know? And <clears throat> when anybody would ever say anything, it'd be like, no, no, you know, brothers are brothers, mom and dad's mom yeah. and dad's sister. 
it's all going to work out eventually. So it was a, that's really cool right now. Um, you know, and you'll have to tell Igor clown said, said, Hey, or whatever. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was a learning experience. Cause I do not speak with him for 10 years. Yeah. We, we all, we all know, we all know, but we all think also, you know, brothers are brothers, you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, so, I, I mean, the whole thing was very complex and traumatizing as hell. So now that we're in, we're good now, man, you know, like we just, like I'm in a point of my career. I just want to touch things that gives me enjoyment and pleasure and no, no drama. You know, that's why I do these kind of side things like go ahead and die and, Cavalera conspiracy and why not, you know, Killer BQ, why not? But uh, yeah, I remember seeing you at Killer BQ in Australia. That was cool. You're, you're actually in our video. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, curb, curb Crusher. Go check it out. Yeah. There's okay. Footage I'll, of you I'll, hanging out with us. Okay. Yeah. <clears> I'll, I'll check that out. I mean, it's, yeah. So what, uh, tell me, um, I know, <clears throat> again, you know, I just kind of blatantly jump into these to just see what we can touch without you know an agenda but also the agenda is always pertinent to what we're doing but uh someone said that um because this is a new one for me but you're jamming with one of your sons yeah and, yeah so i just did, did a, a side thing with him it's called go ahead and die it's really fucked up it's and what what perfect. son what son is it uh that's what, igor the, the, the second one yeah okay. igor yeah. igor is uh, igor amadeus actually that's his name <laughs> ah, yes and does, not to sound weird, but does he play drums or does he guitar? Uh, his he guitar, his guitar, and uh, and he goes by Amadeus because so many people confuse with my brother, you know. Sure, uh, sure. But he also like he writes books, like Stephen King kind of books. Oh, uh, very talented. Very, un I don't have that in me. He, he got that from Gloria's side of the family, you know, writing books and things like that. But he's been diabetic since he was one. So I always been really close to him. I used to give him the finger pokes and, and the injections, you know, and that was real tough, man. And people didn't, didn't realize that, but a couple of times, a bunch of times, I'll be out of the stage sweating, just kind of like wipe my face off with the towel. And uh, they gave me a needle, I'll give him a shot. You know, it's like, yeah, he needs a shot right now. You know, he's been, we're actually one hour late, you know, because the show went on a little, so for like a bunch of years, I did, you know, me and Gloria, we did that. And uh, so it, it made a bond between, we, we created this really metal diabetes bond because of that, you know, it was like, we bonded, man. And we never let it go. And COVID hit and he was escaping from, he was in Florida. I told him, come here to Arizona, it's better here. So he came here, we have a house in a mountain in a desert. So I just went there and started jamming with him for the fun of it. I didn't even have a plan to make a record, but just came out like that. It was just really, really cool. You know, just having fun with your son, jamming. It's like a dream come true for me, man. Well, again, it's so important for our fan bases, our culture to, you know, they support us. They definitely support us. But I mean, who would know? I mean, those are the things I'm talking about. I mean, the real life situations that we have when we're out on the road can be so surreal. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would be like to medically, you know, have to look after someone out on the road, which is very dirty, 
sand, wind, lots of dirty people around and, and stuff. So I understand that bond, but that's what we've always seen, you know, uh, with you guys and stuff. So that's amazing. I love, I love it. I've always had the chance to, um, at the end of the show, I like to throw my sticks out. So I usually bring a Polaroid camera to take a picture of the crowd for me and I'll bring whatever kids are with me out to throw the sticks. So I have a lot of memories of my kids, every one of them coming out and throwing sticks at different times in my career. And I can remember when that felt weird to maybe some guys in the band, you know, you got to cut through that yeah. stuff. I, I'm not saying it. I'm not, I'm not saying that for sure. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be able to prove it or care, but I can imagine, you know, when we're going through the ego and we're going through all this, shooting star stuff you know it can it can weigh heavy family can weigh heavy on people and you know it can family can take away some of your 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 shine you know because real family is like so powerful and shines so much so but uh yeah so that's that's amazing that you um yeah i i i did that a bunch of times with my kids especially zion i was really proud when zion was born i was like the the this really weird proud dad you know that it's like fucking i want to show the world that my son is here so we did this show in brazil and uh it was it was a hollywood rock called it was called hollywood rock big festival and like robert plant was there and stuff but uh at the end of the show i had a show zion with like a lion king moment when you hold your son up you know yeah fucking and then somebody drew a sepultura flag on the stage and i went back uh, i just opened the flag it showed to the fans me and Igor, you know i went backstage and I, like literally five minutes after the show there was 20 cops in my dressing room like, you arrested you speed on the brazilian flag you know you step on the flag and i was like what is going on like you know i got my son here my family here uh Anyway, I got arrested that night. You know, I end up I spent the jail in in, in uh, spend the night in jail in Brazil, and that was fucking crazy because the next day it was like the newspaper cover of all the newspapers were talking about that. I remember some some Brazilian musicians were like, "Yeah, he should be lynched for doing that with our flag," and I was like, "I didn't do anything with your goddamn flag. I just opened the flag." and had the brazilian ass sepultura ass on it you know uh but yeah it created it was it was a stressful week there man it was and it was and it's such a weird thing because i just you're the, the highest of the high holding your son like the lion king moment and 10 minutes later is the complete opposite i mean being dragged on a police car i'm going to the police station it's like all right the high is over <laughs> reality comes crashing well the, that, was, that was pretty fucking crazy the, the duality of our lives is exactly that i always tell people you know we need we need like we need inspirational mentors that get with us at the beginning of our career to help us with isolation chemicals uh the opposite sex or the same sex whatever it is we always need people i feel to help us because that what you just said is really the truth. It's like the high is there for so quick and then reality sets in for the rest of it. You know, when I, yeah. when I, when I got in the business, I want to say it was someone, God, who was it? 
before we were signed, we were playing with a lot of bands in our hometown opening for them. And one of the bands came through and I remember them telling me <clears throat> someone in a band that I looked up to, oh, I wish I remember, but they told me, remember one thing, it's, it's 23 hours of hell and one hour of God. And I was <laughs> like, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it 24 hours. And I'll tell you, one thing that's beautiful about one's career is that every time you come out with a new album, you can rest assured that your show's going to get a little longer. So now I'm blessed to have had 90 minutes of heaven, <laughs> and you know, uh, 20, you know, 22 and a half hours or whatever to uh, of complete, uh, you know, hell reality of yeah. long, long flights, uh, just no sleep, irritation. Uh, press people just everybody trying to bring you down and then you get back up for there for that one hour or so <clears throat> so I, I know i've been there uh fortunately not rest arrested but uh i know what you mean just to have the glory taken right under your feet yeah and, and that which one of you guys were a member of the sepultura fan club what was it paul it's got to be paul yeah yeah i mean well it would have I mean, truthfully, truthfully, it was either Paul or Joey. I mean, it could okay. only be it could only be one of those two gentlemen. All right. But my head, hmm, Paul. Well, yeah, Paul. Paul, huge Sepultura fan. In fact, he introduced me to Sepultura. Oh, uh, he, cool. Yeah, he was my late. I'm an only child that lived in Des Moines. And I don't have any brothers and sisters and I went to a Catholic school and I just was very naive. So the only way I was ever able to grab anything onto music if someone older or my age was able to show me something. Right, yeah. So when I met Paul, you know, he, he was more or less, he understood my dilemma because, you know, just to speak freely and I don't want to mention names, but when I was growing up, metal was a different look to me. I thought, <laughs> I thought metal was like Bon Jovi, you know, because I, right. I, 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 I just didn't know. I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I just, I grew up on MTV and they were very fluffy and didn't play a lot until Headbangers Ball finally came on. But, you know, I just, I thought that was it. So Paul took it up. He was the one that helped me with everything. He's like, okay, you know, here's Sepultura. You need to check this song out and this song and this song, and then you can go back and listen to the album. So he'd take me to where my heart was on any band from Testament, yeah. you know? Cause when I, when I first heard Chuck sing, you know, from Testament or whatever, I was like, whoa, like there's some weird thing in there with him. And I would have never known unless Paul opened it up. Same with Anthrax. I mean, all the bands. Yeah. Even Metallica was probably the only like metal band that I actually was introduced to when I was in high school because I had a good friend who worshipped them. And when you went into his room, the wallpaper was Metallica. Right. So I, I had to learn it, and I did, and then I understood that. But it wasn't enough to make me understand I could go to Testament, go to Sepultura, you know, yeah. go to Anthrax, go to, and then all the other stuff, you know, but. Um, yeah, yeah, Paul actually, he came here. Uh, I, I don't know if he ever told you that, but he came visit us uh, some, I 
can't quite remember the year, but it was with our friend Joey. Uh, I think you guys know him. I Joey know Joey. Yeah. yeah. So one day I was just hanging at home and the doorbell ring and it was Paul and Joey. They came to say hi, you know, and it was cool. We hang out a little bit, listen to some music. And uh, yeah, what a just a nice, nice, cool guy, man, you know. And it's so cool that you have a guy like that in your band. Like, like, because I, I had Igor, you know, and so me and Igor, we discover bands together. Like, that's how we got into the whole death metal, beginning trash death metal thing, you know, with the early, early Sepultura records. And we got in touch with all those bands and Igor would paint the shirts for those guys and we send it to them for them. And so there's a picture of Chuck from Death wearing hand-painted shirts that Igor made, you know, very, very do-it-yourself for real. You know, even like the bullet belts, like we wear yeah. on the record, um, those are or batteries. Those are double-A batteries that we mm-hmm. glue them together. <laughs> It's awesome. Well, that's how we did it. That's how we all did it. Like, hey, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta you know, be if, creative. Yeah, if you can't buy it, you gotta make it to to put the look out. You know, so yeah, yeah. And I and I remember uh, Joey is actually the one that played me your guys' stuff, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is crazy, man! What is this?" You know, <laughs> yeah, really blow me away, man. Fucking There's, we've been. Um, you know, I've been reminiscing a lot lately. I just been very blessed to be where I'm at and keep the company that I keep. Oh yeah, your, your new record rules. Your new record uh, is amazing, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We're we're always we're always looking. We're always searching. Um, we're actually recording right now, and I believe that like right now is like the last time that I think we're gonna finalize a certain aspect of our searching, and then we're gonna maybe search for some roots, you know, um, to get back to some roots or whatever. But yeah, Paul was, you know, I, I like to tell people now, like, sometimes I wonder why I'm even in Slipknot, you know what I mean? Sometimes life gets heavy and I'm just like, wow, my whole life is Slipknot. And then I think back, Paul and I hanging and I just, I mean, he's the one that, that, that understood my gifts. And, you know, he would always tell me, he's like, you know, my music and you know this is before like joey and corey um joined the band paul would just be like your art and your brain and the way i want to present metal and and then then of course we met you know we got joey uh he was always in the scene and then you know once that happened it was like even us were like what are we doing (laughs) like it was insane and then then when Corey joined, it was it was over, you know, like the, the 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 dream became solidified in our own brains. But I'm very thankful after Paul passed, it took me about three years, maybe four, to literally realize he's the one he's responsible for me. Like I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Like he he you know, <clears throat> I'm an old alternative guy. You know, I grew up a lot of punk and a lot of alternative and had to be introduced to the metal. And, and after he was gone, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, he's the reason I'm here. And I'm like, he's the music guy. And I'm like, you know, this thing. And like, it's, it, you know, I'm very thankful and I'm very blessed. Cause I grew up watching those guys play their death metal shows. Like, you know, some of their, you know, Paul and uh, Joey and Mick, they were in body pit and, 
you know, I'd have to go get a beer because these guys would like have 28 riffs in one song and they're not yeah. easy riffs. I mean, they're not easy. This is like out there, out there. And I just get so confused. I'd have to get a beer for a second or something just to like, so I'm very, I'm very lucky and blessed to have like been in the company. And I used to love to watch Paul. Uh, we'd be at a party or hanging out or something and he'd light up a cigarette and he was left-handed. So he'd take a guitar and put it right-handed, you know, someone handed it to him, he'd go, pick a song. So we'd be like, Stairway to Heaven. He'd be like, give me five minutes. And he'd learn how to play it right-handed. And then he'd switch it over to left-handed and play it upside down again. And I just, my mind would be blown. I'm like, how can you, you know, go from there to here and it's upside down. And so I have a lot of fond memories. And I mean, it doesn't surprise me, Paul made the journey uh to come to your house that's exactly who he was he was he was that sort of and i hear more and more and more of those sorts of stories you know and it's even awesome that joey played you the the cd first that's amazing that's yeah amazing. yeah and I, I and i also heard this story this this always stays with me too some award that you guys were on and you guys said the table was on fire yes <laughs> yes we uh <clears throat> actually, actually, it's really funny. We a um, couple things. We went to Krang. And oh, that's Krang. We went to Krang, and we had never been there. His first album, and we were told that they invented an award for us. So we were, you know, we weren't good at shows. We weren't good at posing. We weren't good at hey, everybody, Slipknot. That that we never knew that stuff was ever going to be. It was just attack, attack. So when we had to do the show, my favorite part of that whole experience is management comes up right before we walk to our table and they tell us that they made us glasses. All the glasses on every table had a tribal S on it. So we were a little upset because we're like, that's a little grandiose. Why'd you do that? You're gonna make other bands and other people hate us. You know, they're, they all are winning awards but you have a tribal S slipknot glass on the table. It's really going to make people not like us. So right when we sat down, the host walked, <laughs> the host walked up to the front. And he's like, good evening. And Sid Wilson, the DJ took the glass and threw it at his head. Just thish, right yeah. above it, right above his head. Thish. And we set the precedent right from the beginning. We're like, fuck you and the glass and this and all this, you know, you're not going to set us up. So the very last award of the night was best band in the world. And that's the, 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 the Kerrang award they invented for Slipknot that keeps going now. And they're like, okay, new award category. And then basically when it happened, sit, we just threw the table over it pissed everyone off. I mean, they just said Slipknot. We had that table. We took our chairs. We just wrecked it. And uh, Sid, at the beginning, after he threw the thing, he took napkins and he tied them together. And then he put uh, lighter fluid in it. And then he lit it. And it sent this these napkins up in the air. And then they started on fire and ash would go places. And they were almost going to shut it down. And it was just because we felt like we were set up, you know, we were like, right. this is, this isn't cool. These are, you know, Manson was there. Um, Queens of the Queens of the stone age were there. They just won best international. 
And they have, they had, um, they had this gentleman, they walked out all in white. And the, there was this guy wearing a little turban <laughs> when they were walking by Slipknot to get their award, this little dude just smacked Chris in the back of the head. And, you know, that started stuff, you know, and, but we love Queens and Josh and everybody. It was so funny because we were so tense and this guy just walks by and smack. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just always love that story, man. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's so rock and roll, man. It's like, you know, rebellious. It's, it's just cool. I just, I'm attracted to that, man. Like, I, you know, I picture, you know, because like one thing, like if, if I ever, you know, like I never won a Grammy or anything like that, but if, if we ever did, um, that would be like, I want to do something like that, you know? It could be like some kind of rebellious thing, man. I don't know. I just thought it was a cool story. I heard it. I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool as fuck, you know? Um, but I uh, also remember playing with you guys in Poland. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, it's it's such a long journey. We, we It's hard when we don't get to always, you know, there's so many different time slots and sometimes we don't even show up until like an hour before we play because everybody's so burnt out and stuff right. like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you, man. You know, like same here, you know, like I, I you know, in festivals, I kind of like to check out a lot of other bands and me too, and, uh, you know, see what everybody else is doing. But I remember seeing Mick at catering. Uh, we talked for a little bit, um, but I was just, it, it, it was just cool, man. See the stadium, they had a plane flying with your guy's banner on it, like Scarface. <laughs> Like the word is yours, you know, Scarface. Uh, like, fuck yeah, man. You well, know, you know, it's cool. You, you, you listen, you guys are my peers, man. You know, we're all in this together. Um, so every, like this is what I get so mad about. Like sometimes, like some people get picky when bands get big. Fuck you. You guys are doing making metal bigger, you know. Like it's awesome, man. I'm totally proud of it. Um, you know. It's not, it doesn't come from a place of, of jealousy. It comes from a real place of proudness. You know, like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a humble guy. And I, I, you know, I always wanted to do is just leave for music and I achieved that. So I'm, I'm good either way. But to see you guys doing that, uh, uh, conquering that, um, it's, it was, it's cool. It, it made me really proud, man. Well, thank you so much. I uh, I can remember, you know, just to tell you like what it's all about. I can remember Ross Robinson taking us out to where there was a hole and he told us you guys buried your tapes in the ground. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how I came up was a producer saying, come with me. Let me show you something about art and about love and about reality. And I can remember him telling us about you guys bearing actual tapes. Can you, can you, like we were told, you know, was it just one night? Was it just overnight or was it longer? Do you remember or? So, so yeah, so that was, um, it was actually, we, we were there with Chino uh, from the Deftones, you know, Chino's a good friend. And um, so we just got done everything was was recorded it was done in tapes back then analog you know all the yeah. analog and uh so that was the first soulfly and 
I heard from Richard, the owner, that that used to be tribal land. And 300 years ago, there used to be Indians there and they were probably buried there, you know? So I came with this crazy idea in my head, like we need to bury the tapes to grab the energy of the soil, you know, like just some wild trip. I always had this kind of crazy trippy ideas, like, you know, KOZD recording in a castle, like a Brazilian band recording a song about Indians in a Welsh castle, you know, it totally doesn't make any sense, but it was cool. Oh, like, uh, we yeah. grabbed shovels, we'd make a big hole, we wrapped it in plastic and put it down there. We left it for 24 hours. The next day we made like a, kind of like a little ceremony and bury them. <clears throat> and then we send it to Andy Wallace to mix. And I remember Andy calling Gloria because he didn't know why there was mud on the plastic, you know, it was all dirty, you know. <laughs> and we'd have to tell him that we buried the tapes, man, you know. Well, I totally think that gave the, the album some little magic, man. I don't know. Hey. We're, we're, it's, there's a lot of weird stuff that we don't know that I, I believe happens. I'm just going to tell you, I mean, I love all of your albums uh, uh, coming up in that era and, you know, recording at Indigo and then listening, you know, to Roots. I mean, you know, super bush, you know, like, so yeah, burying them did something for sure. You can absolutely prove it that there's, that it did something to that album. Cause you know, that I can just remember that album kicking my head off and, you know, it was right at, you know, like talking about it when we're like recording and stuff. And that's kind of the energy, those kinds of things that we were told and we experienced went into that first album. You know, I mean, before we even worked, Ross made us run down that whole valley. You know, he would make us go out before we tracked and he'd be like, now run down these rocks. I did it once and I told him to go to hell. I was like, no way, man. I'm never, I'm never gonna, I don't need to run down a valley for an hour to record drums. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah. but I, I mean- And that drive, right? That crazy drive. <clears throat> um, Sometimes we had crazy bad drivers at night and I was like, we're all gonna die. This is gonna be the end. There's not gonna be a roots record because the Zidia is gonna crash this fucking car in the canyon, you know? Well, we would, uh, every night when we were done, um, we would usually have to end early because uh, the band Amen was recording at night. So we were kind of double dipping. We were like, the label made us share, you know? So we would get done early and Chris brought his truck. And it was amazing because two guys would get up front and then two or three of us would lay in the bed of the truck on our backs looking up. And we would tell the driver to drive as crazy as he can down there. And we'd just be in the back of the truck going like this, thinking that at any moment we're gonna flip out over the canyon. It was quite a far, far, I mean, you're not gonna make it if you go off the canyon, you're gonna be done, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that drive that, was bonkers. That, that, so that's crazy, so they had a, so Amen was recording at night on the same board? It was, you know, I'm super friends with everybody in Amen, but I'll tell you, I was so mad because the board was not automated. And I mean, literally- That's crazy. When six o'clock would roll around, they're like, later. And they would strike that board, pull the tape off, set everything to zero. We would leave. Then Chuck would uh, sit there and bring up Amen's stuff and they would record. And it was, it wasn't cool, 
it wasn't cool at all. I blame the label. I don't blame Amen. I don't blame us. I don't blame Indigo. I just blame the label for make you know trying to Arranging. get two two things done at once. And but you know, twenty years, how many ever years later, you look back and you have to say, like bearing, like bearing the tapes, uh, sharing recording space and in the same day was some of our magic so we we would attack it all day and then we would be told we got to quit and that was very hard that was and it didn't happen the whole time it was just a little bit of it but they're all our friends so yeah, we love, yeah. we love those guys and got to be really close with them and stuff like that but at the time inspiration, I inspiration inspiration is, is real it's a cool thing man you know, I remember we doing chaos ad we did it at Rockfield up in Wales and um, you know, that's where Queen recorded Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Sabbath and all this, you know, Zeppelin recorded that. So I remember the owner giving us a tour showing us, this is the piano that, that Freddie recorded, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, you can touch it. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man. And I remember he's telling like, you and Gloria, you guys got Robert Plant's room. Okay, that's cool. So every night, you know, you're sleeping there, you can't help but your mind just kind of go there, man. It's like, damn, I'm in the same room that these great, amazing, you know, musicians share. And uh, I think all of us, the journey is different, but the feeling is very similar. Oh. You know, the spiritual, the spiritual side of it is very similar you know, of, of how we feel the things and inspired by the, like, like, you know, you were inspired to be an indigo um, by the, the bearing of the tapes and things like that. I think that's cool, man. It's, it's uh, important to keep that tradition alive. Well, I, I same thing. I, <clears throat> I can, I'm an only child. So sometimes I can get upset sharing and it's always my work to, to learn how to share and these sorts of things. So I can remember going to Indigo and telling myself, Hey, let everyone pick where they want to sleep. Don't, don't let this be a thing. There's nine of us. It's going to be hard to figure out where everyone's sleeping. And anyway, everyone found their place. And I found this ISO booth that had all this stuff in it. And I asked Ross, I'm like, Hey, can, can I move all this out and sleep in this ISO booth? And he's like, yeah, it's perfect for you. That's where Jonathan sang daddy. And I was just like, Ugh, what? <laughs> so every night I'm laying in this room thinking about Jonathan singing daddy and there was nothing in there. And I watched a video and he's like, and I'm, my bed's on the floor, but the video I'm watching, he's like taking up the whole space. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in that energy. I'm in yeah. this and you know, we're nobody, you know, we're, we're, we're just got signed. We're nobody. We haven't even recorded. And I'm in this room in this thought process going, you know, what is going on and all the stories, you know, and just, you know, I'm a big Patton fan and you know, you guys had Patton and yeah. all the, the stories and burying the tapes and, and, and just, I mean, you got to imagine how we were, we were like, you're telling me about, you know, Freddie Mercury and, you know Robert Plant and stuff, and you know us. We're like you know Chino, uh, Patton, you know Max Cavalera, Igor. You know all, just all, everyone. We're just like, what? What are we doing here? Like I hope you know it was such a um, amazing time. I would stare at a a a, a platinum plaque that Corn drew um, on the wall for Richard, 
and it, and it was around. Yeah, I remember that. You know, remember right? that. so I would I would stare at it and stare at it and stare at it, and I thought it was so cool that Corn was like, "This is our platinum album," and they stuck it on the wall, and I would stare at. It. And then one night we were all down at Ralph's getting ninety nine cent pizzas. And I made my pizza and when it was done, I went to throw away the cardboard thing and I picked it up and I walked into the other room and I sat right next to the their, their platinum thing. And I realized that corn was eating 99 cent pizzas from rice. And I yeah. was like, I was like, whoa, maybe we're going to get a platinum album. You know, it was the energy like they thought they were going to get one and then they ended up getting several. So that's why I would stare and I'd be like this this thing of owning your own reality before like the corporate world gives it to you and acknowledges. Yeah, and, and I remember <clears throat> Pat, Pat didn't show up in a suitcase and it was like, well, what's, what's with the briefcase, man? You know, there's a Samsonite briefcase and, and then Pat opens it up and he's got, he's got a bottle of red wine. He's got a, a vocal paddle and had some gum in it it was like you know like like double seven suitcase type shit <laughs> it was like i need the pedal for my vocals you know we gotta hook it up the wine is after we're done with the recording we're all gonna drink some wine you know and i was like this is so cool man it's like you're the man you know this is uh, it was awesome and then we did we ended up doing uh two songs with mike you know uh, we did look away and mine and of course look away has also john you know but uh i always like to to pick a, a musician's brain it's always fun it's always cool you know that's like to me one of the coolest thing about killer be kill is actually you know i always picking on 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 troy hey troy tell me some stories man you know like um it's it's cool you know and and then greg you know greg is, is such a crazy prompt man always jumping from balconies and all that shit, you know? Um, yeah, so I'm a, it's, it's almost like we're students, you know? We're students of the art form. And we, but we, get, to, we get the chance to, to really talk to, to our um, uh, idols, you know? We get to meet them. You know, I, I pretty much met most of it. Um, you know, I, I wish I would have met Dio. as kind of like the only one I didn't really meet. Um, but everybody else, we, you know, so it's like, it's cool. It's like, we're students of this and get to sit down with, I, I even, you know, I, I get really uh, geeky sometimes if I'm touring with a band that I really like, um, you know, I was, we were touring with uh, Suffocation and I told Terrence, make me a 10 list of your 10 death metal albums that made you do what you do. And it's all like, are you serious, man? You know, are you being serious right now? <laughs> like, total um, nerd. I'm like a total nerd, man. I love it. It's cool. It's well, part of being metal, you know. And I, I try to stay away from the from the business side. You know, I want to keep this thing as pure as I can. So I just focus on on what I can control, which is the music and the art. And I let go or deal with the business because I think the business can ruin you, man. It really, if you let it, it ruins you. It, it, it eats your soul, man. You know, like it eats your soul and you become just this slave doing everything that they want you to do rather than you do what you really want to do, you know. 
Well, I don't know how it is for you, but that's how I feel. Oh, it's it's the same thing. I I already sent one email about something that pissed me off this morning. And, you know, it just started a fire because I'm like, hey, it's not art. You know, it's business and I don't like that shit, you know. So I have to play the business head all the time in order to keep the art straight. But um, I had a family that that helped me with the business. But I'll tell you, the business is what makes me want to leave and not do it. it makes me feel older it makes me feel exhausted you know the business can exhaust the dream and very you know it gets harder and harder to just keep the dream alive and the saturation the blood and all that so i agree with you you know i try my hardest i try my hardest to just go art all the time but you know like if if i don't mandate some businesses too then like you said, you know, we become robots possibly, and we don't even know our own uh, destiny at sometimes. So uh, I think we, we still do really well kicking the door in, you know, like I still like to kick the door in and tell people to kiss my ass because it's Slipknot. And uh, I guess they expected a little bit. So I'm with you on that left brainers. I call them, you know, the left brain can just really screw things up yeah yeah and 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 that's kind of like what why i do all these things that um because i'm not really a a a big social media guy like i don't have a phone i'm one of the few like my kid told me that the other day you're like one of the few motherfuckers on the planet that doesn't have a phone you know that right and i was like yeah i guess you know uh and but I, I like to interact a little bit. So I do this thing called Max Tracks, and it's really punk rock, man. It's just in my living room playing guitar and showing the fans the riffs. And I talk about the riffs, where they originated. You know, I was in my bedroom in Brazil and I wrote, you know, the Arise riff, you know. And uh, um, so those kind of little things are, are to me, are kind of important. Um, but even stuff like like this, like podcasts, I don't do a whole lot of this kind of stuff. But you know, they call me about. They say that you you wanted to do one. I was like, fuck yeah, you know. Well, I'm this. I'm the same way. I I got in trouble recently uh, because I I, you know how everybody paraphrases everything. But I was doing an interview and they were asking me about this podcast and I basically you know, I was saying that I sort of got forced into it. And what I mean by that is you know all the good people in my life were telling me, you know, that I needed to do something, you know, and it's like, this is hard for me because I don't want the business to interfere with us. You know, I don't want any sort of business to in, you know, like we're talking today. I want to make sure that when we talk, we're talking and not stuck down some agenda. And that's why it's so hard for me to do. And that's why I told everyone I more or less hate it because I want to keep it personal and if it doesn't stay personal, then, you know, I can't do it. But well, um, I bet, I bet it's a, you get a really cool insight in a lot of people. Oh, you know, I, that, I love cool. it. I mean, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I was a little stressed out, you know, uh, because it's like, oh, I'm talking to Max. You know, I want, I want to make sure it's cool. You know, I want to make sure we stay what we are and that this polluted viral world doesn't misinterpret what I want to do and what I want to do is I just want two people to have a conversation and shoot say, the shit. <laughs> say yeah shoot the sit, shit say hello with no agenda and just yeah. and that's why I said I, I more or less don't like it is that sometimes 
it can get scary and I don't want to ruin a relationship. That's all. I love doing this because every time I'm done, I, I, it makes me smile so much and I feel better about myself uh, connecting with my peers, something I haven't really, something I haven't really done. Cause you know, you know how it is. You can, I really haven't been, I can't remember the last rock star musician. I, I, I don't remember the last person that was a real jerk to me. I think it was Rick O'Casey. I was in a mall and he was with Paulina. So this is a long time ago. And they were playing Des Moines in the cars. They're one of my favorite bands of all time, just the melodies and the quirkiness. And I yeah. went up to I went up to Rick O'Casey and I'm like, sir, I'm very sorry to bother you. May I get your autograph? And he's like, looked at me right in the face and went, no. <laughs> just wow. turned just turned around and kept reading his magazine. And you know, I really it 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 kind of hurt me. I was young enough that it hurt me. I didn't understand it because I was taught to be polite and courteous, but at the same time, I can understand that he was in a moment of his life and maybe he didn't want to be bothered. But then I was also brought up that if I'm not willing to sign people's autographs, I shouldn't be in this business. And I will always give people, you know, time, especially fans. So, but I usually avoid my peers a little bit because I'm just afraid it's going to get messed up, you know, that it yeah. might get, that it might get messed up by somebody or something and you know we don't like that so this way is pretty good for me because you know we're in our homes where you know we can just I tell my people don't tell me what Max is doing don't let me find out myself you know I don't need, right, right. I, I don't need a sheet and we're not here to like we're here to promote but we're here to do it our way you and I the way I want to hear about your son and use uh, band by saying, "Hey, COVID, uh, we start jamming. We didn't know, and here it is. And then I right. get this. Then I get the story about, you know, being diabetic. It's, it's almost like we're meeting backstage somewhere, and we got yes, we yes. got stuck in a corner. And let's talk, you know, because we're here. That's, that's what it's supposed I, to I be. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. The format, that idea, man. Um, so, so what about your family, your kids? Or are they involved in the in the metal and?" There, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everybody in my family is pretty artistic, and my daughter, my old, my oldest daughter, has taken on photography, and uh, she just, I feel, she just blows me away, and and uh, so that's awesome. And then you know, everybody jams, and then now our seventeen-year-old, uh, his name's Simon, and he came, you know, he's only seventeen, so he was sort of a a, a you know, an accident. And uh, because he was an accident and I was much older, I really bonded with him as well. And because we bonded, you know, he learned how to walk on a bus. So he's been, he's been around everybody and everything from day one. So just a couple days ago, he had his second show sold out 400 people in Des Moines or 300, I think 300. I don't want to make it too big. Yeah. <laughs> no, three, 300 people during COVID sold out in a bar, uh, they let him, you know, they let him mosh and all kinds of stuff. So he he plays drums and he's left-handed, but he'll he'll he doesn't cross his sticks, but he plays like this. And he's got his own weird little technique. So he's uh and then Corey's child, uh, uh Griff, he's the singer. So it's a very weird thing that's going on that Corey Taylor's child and my child are in a band together, and my child plays drums and his child sings. 
And then they have a bunch of great friends that are in it as well. And they pretty much stick their middle finger in my face and tell me to screw off. And that's exactly what I tell them to do that, you know, don't comp my style. Don't take from me or else. (laughs) And they, and they, they swear they don't, but they do all day long, but it's a, it's a, it's awesome. You know, but Corey and I, Corey and I don't get involved. You know, we want them, we want them to really earn it. You know, I, I teach my, I, I teach my son that I used to flyer that I used to make, my mom and dad had a Xerox machine. So I learned how to blow things up and shrink things and uh, ratios. And I would go out and flyer and Slipknot actually changed the law back in the day about flyering. When we, you brought up DRI, we opened up for DRI once and we made these really big posters and we put like 3000 of them up in Des Moines. And then all of a sudden there was a news thing with a news lady standing in front of our flyer saying, Des Moines just passed a new law that you will get fined for this ugly right. crap. So yeah. and there's our flyer right on the wall. It's Slipknot, DRI. It was just like- How cool amazing. is that, right? How cool is that? Nothing is cooler than that. So yeah. my my son was actually flying a week ago. And I was like, hey, that's illegal. And he's like, dad, that was 20 years ago. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but he's up and down the street, going to every store, doing it. Yeah, you got You got to let them- figure out for themselves there's some stuff that that you can help you know like of course you know i sit down with my kids all the time and especially with igor we sit down and and we jam together so we exchange riffs and ideas you know but um um they used to have this band the the first band they had was called mode breaker and they'll fucking break their shit on every show they'll break like nirvana style you know and they probably saw some old separate videos of me breaking guitars so they thought that was the thing to do. And I was like, dude, you guys got to stop doing that because I can't keep buying you guitars, man. <laughs> yeah, do you guys have a job? Can you buy your own guitars? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's the same and thing. The, 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 and I always joke, and it's like, yeah, man, you guys better make it big because me and me and, me and and the mom, you know, we're going to get on an RV, you know, we're going to get on a motorhome, and we're going to disappear for five years. And you guys are paying the bills. So. <laughs> Well, where, where do you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, where do you live in Arizona? Uh, it's Phoenix, you Phoenix, know, North, North, but we have a house in the desert, which is really, that's why I do a lot of the writing. You know, I did uh, Killer Be Kill with Greg there. <clears throat> a lot of the stuff with like Sean Lennon, when we did the song with Sean was there. Um, you know, the, the whole go ahead and die with my son was done there. It's cool because it's seven acres. There's no neighbors. You can play music at two in the morning, you can blast your amplifier. That, that's what I think my wife and I are looking to do. We're, uh, we're looking to maybe move to Arizona or uh, we were thinking about Nevada, but I think we're pushing to the Arizona world. We want to be, you know, we're from Iowa, so we're done with the snow. I'm sick of it. I've lived my whole life, you know, shoveling the driveway and falling on my ass at least two or three times. And we're just done with the cold. So we're thinking uh, maybe uh, this summer when I'm done, we're, we're going out there a little bit. Maybe I'll reach out and we can uh, get together. Right. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. I, but uh, yeah, I, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool here. Like the, the summer is going to get pretty brutal, but you've been here in the summer. So yeah, you know. we, we love it. We love it. I mean, I'm, yeah. is, I'm a big guy, but for some reason, I just really love the heat. I must be like a big iguana or something because I like yeah. to just... I like to get out and fry. I just love the sun. It does so much good for me. I remember my, when I called my, my mom. I took all my mom the first time. I was I was here for a week when I first moved here, like 30 years ago, you know. 
And she's like, so how is it, you know? And it was like the height of the summer. And I, the only words I could describe to her is like, it's like Mars, mom. Um, it's, it's real hot. There's nobody on the street and everybody's inside their car with air condition or inside their home. Um, so it's, it's a bit like Mars. <laughs> and my mom was like, that's crazy. But you know, coming from Brazil, Brazil was always, uh, you know, that kind of Florida weather. Yeah. It was just more humidity, you know. But I always liked the desert, man. The desert vibe. That's killer. Here, you definitely, there's something about it. that Even if you watch the Jim Morrison Doors movie that they, he does, he goes out in the desert and do stuff. There's something about the, the Southeast, the desert, that is very spiritual. And I'm in contact with a lot of cool, like Navajos. You know, we do a lot of things with the Navajos. Like, I know the president. It's crazy. The president of Navajo is, is a big Soulfly Sepultura fan. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that blows my mind. It's like he knows about. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys playing Refusing this and you playing Eye for an Eye. It's like you're the fucking president. <laughs> you should not yeah. be talking to me like that. But I, it's um, cool, you know. Well, that's one thing I, you know, not to sound too weird or whatever, but I always say this because it's, you know, it's just one thing I picked up, but I went to Catholic school for 12 years and I just always remember when we had to read the Bible and stuff like that, it was always like, they were always talking about like the sick, you know, if if you're sick, go to the desert, like Jesus would always take the sick to the desert. And that always stuck out with me. Like, what does that mean? Why the desert? What is it? And as I got older and, you know, when you're in the desert, that heat, that dry heat, it goes to your, it goes to your bones, you know, it goes to your core. It's not like on the, it, of course it's on the surface, you know, but it really can get in and into that, that soulful area of my core, you know, and that's why I love the desert. Cause it really, it does, it pulls something different out of you, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty I, I love it here. I love it here now. And, you know, coming from, you know, especially when you're touring so much like we do, like we're always out, you know, um, the, the, to me, like the coolest thing uh, is just coming back from home and being here. And um, you just, there's something about it that feels to me, you know, there's not a, there's not a Hollywood thing. There's not a LA thing, you know, big metropolis. I don't know. I, I never really was much into that. Uh, but you, you still, there's plenty of, of things to do there's the hiking i love hiking man i go hiking all the time then you like it's really cool like kind of spiritual in a in a way you know yeah you, know, you put your favorite music and and go hiking and go up in the top of the mountain and uh <clears throat> just uh meditate man killer you know it's a little hippish <laughs> so right. i think i think gentlemen like us as we get older you said it very early on in this podcast you know i i, I don't know anybody that's like us that isn't trying to get rid of the toxicity in our career. You know, we, we just try to be around good people. We try to do good things. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in LA recording right now. And as much as I don't want to be here, it's because I don't want to be here really because people are hurting so much, but then I feel I'm glad that I'm here. Cause I want to be, I want to help with the solution. You know, I believe in people. So people are really going through a hard time here and you can see it on every street. And it's, it's really, it's bothersome, you know, it's, it's bothersome that, that, that we're like that. So I feel being here, I help with energy, you know, cause I just want everybody to be okay, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and there's things that, that, that you can do, you know, like I remember when Igor got diabetes, 
he was one year old, you know. Um, and as, as he got older, we got hooked with the Phoenix Children Hospital. And it's, they're really cool. And I, I, I will go there and meet a lot of the diabetic kids. And some of them were metal fans. And they were totally thrilled to meet me. And, I, and it was like real cool. So we started a fund. And, uh, you know, not, not many people hear about it because we don't make that big deal of it. But we have like a, raise a lot of money for, for especially for families that can buy medicine, you know, or to because, you know, we, we were blessed that we had um, enough money to buy all the medicine. But a lot of people doesn't have it, you know, oh, so yeah. I'm glad that we did this fund and it feels cool. It feels good in your heart. You're doing something like that. You know, you're using your your status, your career for something good, you know, also on the side, um, kind of good for the soul, man. You know, you know that you're helping somebody that's down. And yeah. that always, uh, you know, it's this, the same with the music, you know, like I'm sure you guys hear a lot of times too, like people tell you, you, you know, sleep not got me through. I was going through the worst time in my life and sleep not is what got me through, you know, like, and when they say that, there's a, there's a truth about it. You know, they're not bullshit. They're looking right you in the eye and they're telling you that, and you, you can feel it. You know, it's like somehow through your music, you pretty much just saved this guy's life, you know? And that's, uh, that, that hits hard with me. Like a lot of times I feel like that's the coolest compliment I can get in the, in the music, in the metal world. It's, um, you know, it's not as flashy as winning a Grammy or getting a, a, a platinum record, but it's more truthful and more uh, fulfilling. Well, know? it's it's also a full circle because I, I I'm sure you were saved once or twice through the music you love that got you oh, in it. You I, know, and, for real, man. And like, I'm, yeah, I've been uh, I've been almost married thirty years, and my wife's my best friend, and I have four children. But the thing that's been there from the beginning for me is music. You know, it's the thing that I have all the time. Even if I'm fighting with her or have an argument, music's there to help me through. Oh, yeah. I, you know, so that that's why I've dedicated my life to it, you know, and and you're right. So I and it can be that. from anything. I remember listening to old U2 records and, and those meant so much to me. A lot of people don't know this, but, you know, a lot of like Beneath the Remains were all like rip off Bono lyrics. You know? <laughs> like totally like dissect, dissecting uh, you two war and uh, you know uh, all all those under a blood red sky. We end up, I end up taking under a pale gray sky. You know, I just I just took the red out and put pale. But it's but uh you know it's the inspiration. It becomes some yours. You know you you, yeah. you borrow from them, and uh, you know same with with roots. You know it's uh, it's taken from reggae kind of. I remember when I told the label about that record name, they hated, like Roadrunner hated. Case West was like, no, it sounds like a reggae compilation. It's a horrible idea, man. It's a horrible idea. You just got to stick to your guns, you know? Like, I believe in it. You know, I have a vision for it. We did the thing, you know, I'm going to go to the tribe. I'm going to record with the tribe in the, in the Amazon. And, and look how cool this is. 20-some years later, you see Gojira, go and do kind of like the same thing with their song. And they're like giving us props for that. Um, that's how cool metal is, man. You know, like the influence still alive today with the new generation, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, Gojira's great. Good friends of ours. Well, Max, um, 
you know, uh, I know you're busy. We could talk all day. Um, I don't have to go anywhere, but I always try to keep it this way. I just want to thank you so much. Uh, I was a little nervous uh, just because, you know, just because you're you and, and uh, but this is, this is actually like, I want people to know why I love doing it and why it's so hard is because like when I'm done, I just have so many smiles and so many things I can think of. Like today I woke up and it was like, Ugh, I got to grind today. Like I got to work, you know, we're, we're, we're just beginning and getting the plane off the ground. And it's, you know, my brain is fried already. I'm just art out, you know? So this, this conversation today is, driving my imagination and i'll have a good day all day just reflecting on everything that we spoke about and thanks man I, and and i really enjoy it man it was really cool it was like i said like like sitting up backstage and we just end up well that's the only way that's the only way the clown can do is like i just i don't i my whole angle was hey i just want to have a conversation possibly with two people that don't know each other possibly and who knows what we come up with? Maybe we solve cancer. I don't know. But, uh, and if I do know them, then it's a, it's a reuniting sort of thing and uh, catching up and these sorts of things. So anyway, very honored to have the moment to speak to you and please uh, tell your brother I said hello because I, I, was will. I was able to speak to him a few times in this journey, you know, uh, separately from you, you know, which was always a thing, but uh, we we got to the point where we could say hello to each other. So please give him my love and obviously uh, give your wife and all your your children, everybody, uh, Slipknot's love and Clown's love and say hello. And if I'm in yeah. if I'm in Arizona, man, I'll make sure. It'll probably happen later this summer if you're around or whatever. I'll uh, I'll have everybody reach out, but maybe driving through, we can just say hi. I'll bring a bottle of wine or there you go. Uh, and, and whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's it's kind of funny that you said that because I have a I have a couple weird uh, suitcases that keep my modular synth stuff in. So it kind of made me smile. I was like, okay, okay, because <laughs> it's the only thing that can carry it. All the new school stuff breaks. This thing is like a tank. You know, it yeah, just yeah. it'll I can get the stuff in and out. So. Anyway, but much again, more. you too, man. Send my regards to, to everybody, man. I hope you guys all being safe and doing good. And on the side note, I love Nero Forte. Hey, thank you. Geek ass <laughs> song, man. Really, yeah. really kick it. We, I'm so uh, glad you guys are still killing it. <laughs> we uh we had a lot of fun. There's a there's a big story behind it because I got a lot of people gave me a lot of hell for the video being in you know, pink and all this stuff, but you know, never, no one ever wants to ask why, but that song is so brutal. It, oh, yeah. had, to, it had to have some, it had to have a switch and it all lends you, it all leads you to that bridge section, that breakdown or whatever, where these old dudes are just like, we're just throwing ourselves our stuff. But yeah, that is a great, um, actually just a quick thing about that. You know, I always felt, you know, people, I am just so lucky to have jammed with Joey, you know, uh, what I learned, you know, I have something that no one else has. I got to play drums with him for all that time. So I learned so much. So when we were making, we are not your kind, I was like, you know, I need to get off my ass and I need to write a really good cadence. You know, I, I need to get off my butt and I need to learn what I learned from all the wonderful people I've learned from. So I spent a couple of weeks trying to 
trying to capture a cadence and I've, and, and it needed to be like a question and an answer, you know, it needed to be, it needed to kind of like, you know, ask you something and then kind of end it so we could throw. So it's a really special song. Uh, I just took the insight of all the great teachers I've ever had and I tried to do something for them. So it's sort of dedicated to all the great drummers that I was able to learn under. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything in Slipknot if I don't, if I don't rip out a cadence. And after Blister exists, it's pretty hard, you know, cause you don't want to be familiar. You don't want to ride the tails of that song and, you know, you got to go different. So uh, yeah. we're, we're very lucky to have been able to get that out. So I appreciate that. It's a, it's yeah, a really, yeah. it's a really fun song and um, it feels old, you know, it feels like who we were a little bit. And this new one, all I can say really is this one's going to really freak people out. This one's really, um, who knows, maybe it was inspired by COVID. Um, it's not about COVID, but just everybody being away creates a different vibration. So uh, we yeah, got yeah. some, we got some really different, really weird stuff happening. So, but anyway, uh, thank I you. I hope I'll meet you down the road somewhere, my brother. Absolutely. I promise you. I promise very, you. I'll very nice to talk to you, man. Well, again, very pleasure. Thank you so much. Give everybody my love and um, we'll see you uh, soon. Be careful out there. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right. See you later.